Welcome to the Borders of Blue podcast. My name is Lizette. Today, in episode two, we're going to explore Khan Cohen's education and what is generally typical for a Jewish boy. So let's get started. You'll remember from episode one that I specifically referenced the ethics of the fathers in relation to what the child would learn and at what age. So, as in harmony with Jewish law, Khan Cohen entered the Jewish school at the age of five. Three to five hours was spent with the rabbi each day, in addition to attending the synagogue two or three times each day, and also spending several hours in a Jewish-English school. The rabbi begins his work by teaching the boy the Bible or the Torah, and at the same time he's taught the prayers. Part of the time he learns the one, and the rest of the time the other. Teaching is not usually individually, but a class is formed, ranging from 10 to 25. And these all read the teachings in concert. You can imagine especially with young children, what may happen under such circumstances when there are a number of boys learning that way. The school is called the Talmud Torah, the teaching of the law. After learning the rudiments of the language, the book of Genesis is the first thing read. Khan Cohen well remembered some of the interesting things he discovered when attending the rabbinical school. Having been taught that there was a singular and a plural, and the plural number was formed by adding a final mem to the singular, it seems strange to him that the word God, found so many times in the first chapter of Genesis, should every time be in the plural number. Thirty-one times the word is contained in this first chapter, and not once is the word El, literally God, Always, it is written Elohim, literally, gods. Khan Cohen said that as soon as he was able to grasp any form of translation, he was then introduced to the wisdom of the sages, and there are many of them that the child becomes acquainted with before he reaches the age of 12. There are at least five different commentators the child is introduced to, at quite an early age, there's the two Targumim, the Rashi, the Mitzitis David, and the Mitzitis Zion. He explained that the first praise that a boy is taught is the one concerning the Messiah, and quoting, He will send a Messiah in the end of days to redeem those who hope at the end for his salvation. God will raise the dead according to the abundance of his mercy Blessed be the name of his praise unto all eternity. Khan Cohen shared the following. It certainly seemed good to learn that there was a deliverer coming and that we Jews would sometimes cease from our labor and sorrows and that all our Jewish friends and relatives who had died would awaken from the dead and live once more together in Jerusalem when none would make us afraid or molest us. The rabbi seeks to impress the child that he not only must learn to read the Bible and to pray, but he must also commit to memory what he reads because by so doing, he will accomplish two things. 
First, you will not need to be loaded down with the books of the law. And secondly, people will have the greatest respect for him because of his superior knowledge, knowledge of the law and knowledge that will be retained forever. There is much said in the Talmud concerning disciples or scholars who do not memorize and who do not retain knowledge. And the child is taught that this is disgraceful. Here is one law, for instance, and this is taken from Ethics of the Fathers. Rabbi Dorsethai, the son of Janai, in the name of Rabbi Maya, said, Whosoever forgetteth anything of what he hath obtained by study is considered in Scripture as having endangered his life, as he said, Only take heed to thyself and guard thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. Concohen said, It wasn't long before he had committed the morning prayers and the evening prayers, the Sabbath prayers and many of the holiday prayers. The rabbis have prepared a different menu for every occasion. For instance, the morning prayers consist of reading about 120 pages of reading matter containing selections from rabbinical addresses, what the priest did on certain occasions in the sanctuary, the repetition of a number of psalms, 18 benedictions, each one growing longer as the end of them approaches, and all telling of what God did in the past days. He went on to state that they are simply relics of a dead past, although there is a tendency on the part of the reader of these prayers to think that some of them may refer to what God is doing for the Jew now. Often the child feels like asking some questions on this point, but here he has to be guarded, for the rabbi is vested with powers plenipotentiary, and he is apt to use his authority in a very impressive manner. The child, therefore, is willing for peace and harmony's sake to waive many of these questions, even though he be not satisfied. The afternoon and evening prayers are apt to be more brief, though there is a definite time to be taken for each of them. Khan goes on to say that as he was expecting to be a teacher, it was necessary that he should be at every service and spend as much time as possible. There were times when it seemed to him hard to have to labor and toil at so early an age from early in the morning till late at night and all of this effort that the favor of God might be purchased. Concorn also said there were times when the religion seemed not so pleasant and attractive and a feeling arose that after all what was the use but even to harbor such thoughts was considered wicked, and so, when a proper opportunity presented itself, he would do more praying that the Almighty might not feel hard against him. The education along those lines was continued till he was almost 13, when he was to prepare for confirmation. As soon as he was able to grasp much of the Bible and of the prayers, then such commentators as Rashi, Ankelos, and others equally as great played a large part in interpreting knowledge. If he came to a hard part of the scriptures and could not seem to understand it in the light of plain, simple language, then the rabbi would say, Now let us see what Rashi says. Then Rashi would tell what the Lord said, and 
what he did not say on such and such a subject, and from his decision, there could be no appeal. However, Kahn goes on to say, we were often taken to other writers, and they would make some added comments, though perhaps they would differ from Rashi. After a time, one would almost become confused in the Bible. While these men would differ among themselves and say even hard things about one another's opinions on the scriptures, the boy must take it all in, agree with them all, and ask no questions. Concorn said that occasionally he would become somewhat perplexed, but he still persevered, and that he continued to attend the rabbi faithfully every day, not even excluding the Sabbath. He would start to attend synagogue about 7 in the morning and stay there for about 45 minutes. From there he would go to the rabbi for a short session that he might gain a little more virtue before taking the morning meal for fear that he did not perform sufficient devotion at the synagogue. Now it must be remembered that one is not allowed to partake of anything in the morning in the nature of food till after the morning service except one or two glasses of water. He said, however, that he was frequently consoled in his morning piety, as he had to pass a certain store from the synagogue to the rabbis, and quite often he would find pieces of money on the ground in front of the store. And this seemed to him some sort of divine favor that he was purchasing his way to heaven, and that the Lord was encouraging him in this direction by sending him these little tokens. The rabbi would frequently tell the children that if they were good and learned the law much and studied hard, that the Lord would throw down money from heaven to them in various forms. He said occasionally the rabbi would illustrate it by taking a piece of money out from under some portion of the table and telling his students an angel sent it from heaven, but no questions must be asked. Concorn said that when he found the money on occasion outside the store, it was quite an inspiration and incentive, and he often felt that he wanted to go to the rabbi before breakfast. Shortly after the morning meal, he would attend the daily school and save about an hour for dinner. School and rabbi would continue till 4.30 in the afternoon. Then there was a long session at the rabbi's, which was continued till 7 or 8 in the evening. After this, he would have to attend evening service and then wonder whether he had learned enough or prayed enough that day to please God. During the holidays, such as Passover, Pentecost, Feast of Tabernacles, New Year's, and Day of Atonement, the students had many more prayers to repeat, and they were not through so early, neither did they get off so easily. They had no school during the last two holidays. That was because most of the time was spent at the synagogue. For instance, during the New Year, which lasts two days, beginning sometime in September or October, they would start for the synagogue about 7 in the morning and remain till noon. After a recess of about an hour, they would stop by some river or stream and repeat a number of prayers, usually finishing with words from the book of Micah, and in particular these, Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again, he will have compassion on us, he will subdue our iniquities. 
and thou shalt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. That actually comes from Micah chapter 7, 18 and 19. At the close of those words, the men shake the end of their outside garment to show that they have faith to believe that the Lord has shaken their sins into the depths of the sea. This service is called Tashlech, or throwing, that is, throwing the sins into the sea. Then another service is attended at the synagogue, and after a slight intermission, the evening service takes place, so that with every little exception, the entire day is spent at the synagogue in reading prayers and in devotions, that the soul may gain the knowledge of God and seek to please the Almighty. Should one of these days, however, fall on the Sabbath, then there is repeated the entire 150 psalms from the afternoon service till the evening service. This repetition of the Psalter is the regular after-dinner program or menu every Sabbath day in the synagogue. Khan Cohen said that while he remembered how every Sabbath afternoon he had to go to the synagogue and take part in chanting the whole of the psalms before sunset. And this is what Peter referenced in the New Testament in Acts 2.15. During the Day of Atonement, however, there is still less time that the students have to themselves. At the sunset of the beginning of the day, synagogue is attended. This service continues for three hours. Then they have to retire without thinking of anything earthly. As soon as they awaken in the morning, they start directly for the synagogue. Con Cohen recalled that it was here that he had to remain until the sun set that day and that most of these long, weary hours he had to stand in his stocking feet as he was not allowed to wear any shoes, neither was he allowed any food, not even one drop of water. So for 25 hours, these students would be without a drop of water to pass their lips. And thus this pattern has been repeated from generation to generation over the centuries. Khan Cohen said that it was during these early years his health was very poor and that he scarcely knew what it was to be free from pain for many months at a time, that he had been an invalid from his infancy and had met with a serious accident when three years old by falling into an open fireplace where a fire was blazing and being hurt very badly. He said that during this time he was obliged to attend all the services of the rabbis at the school, at the synagogue, and all this to secure righteousness that he might grow up to be a teacher of the law. He said he still gained much knowledge of the Hebrew, the rabbinical law, and the history of God's dealing with his ancestors. At the age of 12 and 9 months, he had to prepare for confirmation. But that we are going to cover in the next episode. 